Welcome, I'm Pastor Dan Wall. We're talking about and studying the subject of being thankful. Thankfulness really, I know we're coming up to Thanksgiving season and we're in Thanksgiving season, but really for the Christian, for a child of God, that season should be and can be every day of our life, to be thankful. We are a blessed people. You say, well, I'm not as blessed as some others. That's always the case, but you and I are blessed. We're breathing, we walked in here, right? We have the Word of God. We have people that love us. Yes. Amen. God wants His children to be blessed. God wants His children yes. to be happy. Really, thanksgiving is a key to happiness. People are unhappy because we're unthankful. Kind of quiet on that one, but that's the truth. People are unhappy because we're unthankful. God's Word will change your life. Just open up. We're going to review just a little bit, not too much. But our main scriptures, Ephesians 5 and verse 17, says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, he said, don't be drunk, but be happy. You know, sometimes there's the, the happy drunk and then there's the mean drunk. Come on now. He's talking about, all right, if you'll be filled with the Spirit of God, filled with the love of God, and filled with His joy, and singing, and laughing, He likens it to even like, well, man, they're so happy. They act, you know, they act drunk. They don't even act like they're sad because of all the things going on in the world. You know, they act like they don't have a care in the world. He said, giving thanks always. And we've asked this question, what if we were a little bit more passionate? But we're asking this question now, and that changes a lot, doesn't it? We can determine what we are passionate about. But what if we were a little more thankful? What if we were a lot more thankful? Do you think it would impact our attitude? Do you think it would impact our life? Do you think it would impact our marriage if we were just a little bit more thankful? What if we're a lot more thankful? Hallelujah! Would it impact your family if you're more thankful? If everyone is more thankful, do you think it would impact your business? I mean, some businesses you go to, you know, and you, you hand them your money for your taco and they sort of snarl at you. I mean, they could say, well, thank you. You know, if we didn't come in there and buy that taco, they wouldn't have a job. They don't think about that, right? Do you think it would impact your business if you're a little more thankful? Do you think it would impact businesses if we're more thankful? What about, will it impact our neighbors? Will it impact the people around us? What if we were more thankful? You think it would impact our church? I believe it would. Oh, yeah. Ephesians 5, the, the New Living says, But understand what the Lord wants you to do. And, and you go down and it says, Give thanks, give thanks. There are some things in life we talked about. There are some things in life we cannot fully control. Even though I would like to, and you probably would like to. Right? Boy, if I could just, if I was king of the world for a day, I would make them shape up. You know, there's probably people that would say that about us, too. If I was king of the world, I would make them do different. So I'm glad they're not king of the world. Right? There are some things in life we cannot fully control. Other people, the weather, government. But we can control our attitude. Say attitude. We can. Say, I can control my attitude. Yeah, and we can be passionate about the things of God. We can be passionate about loving others. We can be passionate about our marriages, right? And we can be thankful. We say it around here. 
We're born for more. You and I understand that our attitude pretty much affects everything. Your attitude, I mean, a sunny day, people are more cheery. You know, a cloudy, rainy day, people aren't. But still, that's a choice, isn't it? We let other circumstances control our attitude, and really we shouldn't. You and I control our attitude. We look into the Word of God. We see what God says about us. We see the future that He has for us. And I understand, you know, sometimes people say things or do things, but that doesn't change the Word of God, and that doesn't change who God made you and me to be. And that doesn't change the future that God has for us. We were born for more. We were born for more. And if there's an attitude that's prevalent today more than any other, I think it's that ingratitude. What have you done for me lately? 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Always be joyful. Keep on praying. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Always be thankful. That is a challenge to me. And I think it's probably a challenge to you, too. Eric Thomas said this, and this guy, I think he had it figured out just a little bit. He said, every morning I wake up, and it's kind of like, wow. It's not like, uh. You ever feel that way? Praise the Lord. He said, I don't know what happened or how it happened. I can't put my finger on it, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be alive. To spend one more day with my family. One more day to make my dreams become reality. One more day to help somebody. So my first thought on my mind is this. Thank you, God, for another day. For a child of God, thankfulness, it's it's a year-round thing. Every day, Psalm 107 again. Oh, thank God, He is so good. His love never runs out. All of you set free by God. Tell the world, tell how He freed you from oppression. Thank God, He's so good. His love, His mercy. It's our attitude. If we desire to be a blessing and to be more blessed in life, we've already established the fact, our attitude, what we believe, how we act, whether we are thankful. God cannot and will not bless an unthankful heart. Parents, if your children are unthankful, do you just feel like, I'm just going to really load them up with blessing right now? You don't, do you? You go, you know, I'm thankful. You know, we were going to do something, but now we're not going to do because you're over there whining and complaining. Come on now. We make the choice to live that life of thanksgiving. Thankfulness is a key to our happiness. It's a key to the joy of the Lord being in our life. Psalm 107, verse 20. God sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. Not with complaining, not with sadness. It says sacrifice. Sometimes, have you ever known that you should say thank you for something, but you just don't feel like it? And you just go, "Mm, thank you. No, you haven't? Y'all are so spiritual. You're doing so good. I'm so glad to be around such wonderful people. Praise God. Oh, that men would give thanks to God for His goodness. You know, uh, it's easy to complain to God, isn't it? Thankfulness changes our world. 
It changes our outlook. It changes the way we see things. It's such a key to a happy life, to a happy marriage, to just being blessed in your business even. So we got this far last week. Number one, giving thanks to God acknowledges the presence and the reality of God. We say, thank you, Lord. And he hears because he's real and he's listening. Number two, giving thanks to God acknowledges that everything I have is by his grace and not by my works. Now, we believe in living right. We believe in doing good works and being a blessing to people. But that does not earn me brownie points in heaven. Come on, it's by his grace. Number three, giving thanks to God acknowledges something received from him. I read the Bible and I see all the promises of God. And the Bible says the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Yes and so be it. And so I read those promises and go, God has promised those things for me so I can receive those things. I can believe those things will be real in my life. So I begin to thank Him. Thank you, Lord, your word is true. Thank you that you're doing in my life what you promised. Thank you that that you oversee your word. The Bible says He watches over His word to perform it in my life. It's my job to believe, and it's his job to do the the performing, right? A person with a thankful heart will find a reason to be thankful. I love this story, and, you know, y'all pray for me that I get some more stories, I guess. I probably use this one a lot, but I love it. There's a man in Budapest that goes to the rabbi, and he says, My life is miserable. There's nine of us, and we live in one room. And the rabbi says, do you have a goat? He says, yes, we have a goat. Put your goat in with you this week and come back in one week. Tell me how it's going. The man comes back a week later. He says, oh, life is so much worse. There's nine of us in the room plus the dirty, stinky, smelly goat. What do I do? He said, go home, take the goat out, come back in one week. He came back and he said, how's it going? And the man's like, oh, it's so great. No goat, just nine of us. (laughs) Right? To start with, the nine, it was horrible. But you had that stinky goat. And it's that that attitude. How do we look at things? Yeah, as long as you're on planet Earth, understand, you're not going to have everything you want. It's not, everything's not going to be perfect. Now, I do believe that God's working in our life, and I do believe He wants to take good care of us, and He's promised to bless us and help us. But you're not going, you're always going to be believing. You're always going to be stretching. You're always going to be pushing towards the mark. Paul said, one thing I do, I forget about what's behind, and I press on. I press toward the mark of the call of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Right? A thankful heart is a heart of faith. It's easy to identify if we are in, a, in faith in an area, really. If we're in faith, if we're thankful. We believe that God heard us, don't we? When we pray, do we believe God heard us? And so we believe God heard us, so we believe, number two, that God's working, right? If God heard us, we know He's working. And if we know God's heard us and He's working, then we can just not just look at the circumstances, but we can say, thank you, Lord, you're faithful. Thank you, Lord. Your promises are true. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I I don't see the answer yet, but I know it's coming. Hallelujah. An attitude of gratitude is really a characteristic of an overcoming Christian. Psalm 140 and verse 13 says, Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. Think about this. In the presence of God is everything you need. Come on, you need to hang around with Jesus a little bit more. 
how do we do that? Well, by His Word, by spending time in prayer, by spending time worshiping the Lord, by spending time coming together with our brothers and sisters, just getting in the presence of God. Dwell in His presence. In His presence is fullness of joy, the Bible says. In His presence is everything we need. Praise God. Hebrews 13 and verse 15. This is kind of like we read earlier, only it's New Testament. Hebrews 13, 15. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Now this scripture tells me if you are thankful, it's going to come out of your mouth. Well, I just have a praise in my heart. Well, that's good. You need to get your believer connected to your speaker and get some of that coming out of your mouth. Come on, is that right? Giving thanks, let's offer the sacrifice. It's not just when I feel like it. It's not just when everything goes wonderful. By faith, we live by Choice, not just by feelings, not just by circumstance. We live by choice and we choose to be thankful. Amen. So I have three points. Are you ready? This is not a pointless sermon. We've caught up now. How about some points, you know? Uh, Mark Hankins said he knew a guy. He said he preached like a fat man in a barbed wire fence. A point here and a point there and a point there. I didn't say that. Mark Hankins said it. Blame him. All right. But we have some points. Number one, thankful people. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Thankful people do not complain. Oh, my goodness. Thankful people, truly thankful people... You know, some people, they just live a life of complaining. You want to, you know, you come around those people, you want to avoid those people. How many of you just love, oh, I'm so grateful. All my friends, they're great complainers, and I just love to get around them. They complain about their spouse. They complain about the weather. They complain about the government. They complain about their dog. They complain about their everything. No, none of us like to be around those kind of people, right? So... If you've been one of those kind of people, I have two words for you. Stop it! (laughs) Right? Come on now. Thankful people do not complain. If we can't be glad in the Lord now, if we can't be happy about where we're at right now in our present circumstances, we won't be happy when our circumstances change. Why? Because it's a heart problem. As long as we're on this earth, there's always something in our lives that will not be perfect. Always. We have the first fruits of our inheritance, but we don't have all of our inheritance. We're not going to walk in the fullness of everything God has provided for us until we get to heaven. Now, don't go early. We need you here. There's work for us to all do, right? Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus provided everything, but we know, John 10, 10, Jesus said the thief is here on planet Earth. He's stealing, killing, and destroying. So we know the full plan of God is not being manifest here on this earth. We have an enemy. We walk by faith. We come against the enemy. We, we use our authority against the enemy, and we bind him. And, you know, we, we walk by faith, and we believe God, don't we? Yes. But it's a choice how we look at things. Is our glass half empty or is it half full? Come on now. 
Yeah, well, Psalm 23 tells us that our cup's running over. But it's easy to look at our glass sometimes and go, man, no. And it's like Brother Hagin said, he's, you know, he wasn't just scraping the bottom of the barrel. He was under the barrel, and the barrel was on top of him. It was so bad. <laughs> but you choose. You say, thank God. I'm not going to complain. God, you've heard my prayers. I know you're faithful. I'm standing on your word. I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm walking in love best I know how. And so, Lord, I believe you for breakthroughs. I believe you that you're doing great things. I believe now's my time. This is the day the Lord's made. I will rejoice and I'll be glad in it. Thank you, Father, that you're faithful, God. You're faithful. Abraham and Sarah one day had to come to that place where they judged God faithful. We judge God faithful. Have you noticed people that that love to sing? What do they do? They sing, right? Right? And some people, I was standing by a guy this week, and he loved to sing evidently, but somebody needed to tell him, you need some lessons. And you know what? The Bible doesn't say that only people that are gifted in singing can sing. No, singers sing. Yes. Right? If it's in your heart, you sing. Right. right? Hallelujah. Yes. Praisers praise. Some people, they're just, just, you know, it just seems like it just flows out of them. You know why it does? It's because they've developed that. They practice that. And they let God, they, they open their heart to the Holy Spirit to help them to do that. And, and it's like with Brother Beerman, we're going to his service tomorrow, and, and we had to do a little video. Or we didn't have to. We got to, but we, you know, a part of the service. And they said, well, what, what are some of the things? And we didn't have a lot of time because lots of people want to share. But I said, one of the things that, that I loved about Brother Beerman, I loved to pray with him because it just seemed like he had such a connection to the Father God. I mean, he just prayed out of his heart, and he, he developed that over years. And I said, I love to pray with him, but most of the time, really, when I was praying with him, I was, he was doing the praying, and I was doing the listening. Because I wanted to learn. I wanted to see how he did it, how he, he communed with the Father God. And he would be in our home sometimes, and then... And we were in his home sometimes, and when he would come to church and preach for us, well, you know, sometimes he would spend the night with us the night before, and we get to pray with him the night before, and that it's just such a special thing. He was a prayer, so prayers pray. Come on, is that right? Well, what do gripers do? Come on, gripers gripe, don't they? They can have a new car paid for. And but oh, gasoline. Have you seen how much gasoline costs this day? You should. Have, how much insurance that Corvette cost me? <laughs> we just saw a guy, a guy we've known many years, and he just bought a brand new Corvette. And you know, I looked at it a little bit, and and uh, he didn't complain any about the insurance. He did say the only one he could find it had a stripe down the middle. You know, it was maroon. It was beautiful. But it had a stripe. He said, well, I wouldn't have went for the stripe. But he didn't complain about it because I would have said, you know, if you don't like that stripe. I know somebody that would gladly store that for you. Keep the battery up on it. Probably even fill it with gas and, you know. Come on, it's, it's just our attitude about things. Are we thankful? 
you know, if you're not thankful for the car you have now, you probably won't be thankful for that new car. You'll find something. Come on now. And it's a challenge sometimes, isn't it? If you're not thankful for the clothes you have now, if you're believing for some new clothes, if you're not thankful that you have clothes, when you get some new ones, you'll probably just, hmm. Have you ever given something to someone and they're sort of like, and maybe it was a sacrifice. I've had this happen more than once. You sacrifice. You know, it's something maybe you wanted or something, you know, that costs you quite a lot of money. And you give it to them and they go, oh, yeah, no. oh thanks. Just as an after. And you go, Lord, have you ever gone to the Lord about something? I have a million times. You say, Lord, I thought you told me to do that. Did I miss it or did you miss it or did they miss it or what's going on here? I mean, yep. Lord, I did it as unto you. Then he's like, yeah, what did you just, oh, yeah, I did it as, oh, doesn't matter whether they say thank you. Yeah. I did it as unto you. Thankful people do not complain. Now, I'm not saying that we just pretend everything's wonderful. and I'm not saying that at all. But sometimes, you know, you just, people just get in that vein to where they just complain about everything. Nothing is ever good enough for the unthankful. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Let me just give you an example. I'm glad the Bible is full of people just like me and you. Remember the children of Israel, they were out and they didn't have any food. And God said, all right, I'm going to send you manna every day. Yeah. Right? They were out in the wilderness. Well, they were in the wilderness because they disobeyed. You know why? If you read it and study it, they complained about their situation. And that's one of the reasons they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Because they complained. Yes. Complaining is serious to God. Yes. They said, manna, what is this? And every day, for 40 years, God took care of them. Now, did they get tired of those beanie weenies? Probably so. But they probably learned a lesson too. The kids learned a lesson not to complain. <laughs> the kids have got to go in their promised land, right? We push good people away from us by complaining. And I don't want to push good people away. I, I want good people in my life. Complaining is serious. It opens the door to the destroyer. It sets spiritual laws in motion. Think about it a few years ago. I heard this person complaining about their spouse to a friend. You know, their, their spouse was messy and like that. And the friend gave him some wise counsel. He said, well, at least they're in your life where they can be messy. Yeah. Right? Uh, everybody. There's always that. I mean, someone with your spouse especially, I didn't mean to get off on this, but I mean, they're right there and they're going to do some things probably, you know, that you don't like. Let me just say this. I know it's not Father's Day or Mother's Day, either one. But most men, we are trainable. It just takes a while. <laughs> Hallelujah. Years. <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. You know, that is funny right there. I don't care who you are. Complaining is indicative of unbelief. It's, uh, it's the flesh. The flesh. Thanksgiving demonstrates faith. 
complaining demonstrates an unthankful heart. When we're, when we're thankful, that, that faith, that we're grateful. Philippians 2 and verse 14. Now, where was Paul when he wrote this? Anybody remember? Was Paul in the mansion? He's up on the hillside, and he's just looking out over the ocean. He's just looking out, you know, and he's got servants all around, and, you know, he's just, everything's just wonderful, you know, and he just rode up in his, his uh, new chariot, you know, with the fastest horses around. Is that where he was? Come on, where was the Apostle Paul? He was in prison. And he was in the nasty prison. The prison under the city streets of Rome, where the sewer was. When it rained, it would flood and drown prisoners even. I mean, it was not good. What did Paul say? Philippians 2, verse 14, he said, Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Uh, have you ever just wanted to tear a page out of the Bible? You I heard about a pastor one time, and, and he was read a scripture like that in front of his congregation, and, and everybody was quiet. He said, oh, you don't like that page? And he literally tore the page up and wanted it and said, there you go. If we're not going to accept this part of the Bible, well, what part of the Bible shall we accept then? Now, I'm not going to tear a page out of my Bible. But it drove home the point. Right? Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. You know, if they were warped and crooked 2,000 years ago, I think we could say, yeah, some of them have evolved. Some of them have become more prolific in it. They've become professionals. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. It says if you don't grumble and argue, you'll shine like a star in the sky. Here's how you get promoted at work. Show up on time or early. Put a smile on your face. Do what you're supposed to do. And don't complain and get into arguments about things. Come on, is that right? I don't know how many times, you know, and, and it's easy. We all, we're all human. How many times I've had people say, well, you know, my boss is an idiot, and he doesn't know what he's doing, and he does this, and, you know, if I was a boss, I'd do it. Well, maybe, but maybe not. I'm not saying we just pretend everything. That's the thing. Sometimes people say, well, you faith people, you just pretend everything's wonderful. No, we look around, and we have eyes, and we see everything is not wonderful. But Jesus is wonderful, and we have a whole lot of promises, and so everything we see is subject to change. That's right. So we just keep loving Jesus and loving people and rejoicing and being thankful and being passionate about serving Jesus, loving people, right? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Let's read it, the same verse out of the New Living. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing. So that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shining like bright stars in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You will stand out in your company. You will stand out in your neighborhood. You will stand out. It's your business. Thankful people do not complain. They find a reason to be thankful. I love this story, and I know I've used it before. 
those of you that know the story, you know, uh, you can come up and tell it later if you want. Matthew Henry wrote a commentary on every book of the Bible. And he was robbed one time. You say, oh, this man of God is serving Jesus. Yeah, a bad thing happened. The thieves took everything of value that he had. Later that evening, he wrote in his diary these words. I am thankful that during these years, I have never been robbed before. Also, even though they took my money, they did not take my life. Although they took all that I had, it was not much. And finally, I'm grateful that it was I who was robbed and not I who robbed another. You talk about faith. You talk about finding a reason to be thankful. Don't be shocked, but for many years I taught a gun safety class. We taught thousands of students. And you never know who comes through the doors. But uh, four years ago, the, uh, I, had, I had a guy show up at my front door. And he looked like a regular guy, but when he, and I wasn't there. But he, you know, he rang the doorbell, and I have a, a video camera at my doorbell thing. And when he turned and walked away, I noticed he had a gun. I'm like, ah. And so, uh, you know, I got home and looked, and he'd stuck a card in the door, and it was a detective. And so I called him right away, you know, what's going on? And, and, uh, and one of the students that we taught several years ago, he had shot someone and actually killed him. And so they wanted me to testify in his murder trial. Well, that wasn't something on my bucket list, that I would testify in a murder trial. And so I'm like, yeah, you know, sure, whatever I can do. And so uh, his defense was a, it was an accident. Well, he shot her twice. She was about to leave him. They'd been arguing. I mean, yeah. So anyway, I had to go and meet with the attorneys and meet with the DA and the detectives and like that. And so that took a day. And then, you know, I had to get out my stuff and refresh all my stuff about the, what we've taught in the class because that was the thing. They were going to say that we just rubber stamped anybody and I didn't teach him. And so it was an accident. And in effect, it was partly my fault because I didn't teach the man well. And so I'm like, uh, yeah, that's not going to fly. So... You know, and the trial was a six-day trial. But I was thankful that I didn't have to, and, you know, I couldn't go in there, and I, I had to be, I had to sit by myself in a room by myself. I was thankful that I didn't have to sit there all six days, yeah. just one day. And, you know, I, I was so sad that this lady had got killed and all this stuff. But I was thankful that that it wasn't someone that I knew, my family member that was killed. I was thankful that even though it took a couple of days of my life, it could have taken a lot more time. It could have taken, it could have been someone in my life that their life was taken. You know, sometimes you have to look to find something to be thankful for. I wasn't real happy about it, but I got there and I'm like, well, you know what, sitting in this room, just me, you know, I had time to pray. Praise the Lord. You know, in my office, it, when I'm, there's phone calls and stuff and, you know, things I need to do and bills to pay and preparing for next week and preparing this or that or thinking about the future, all kinds of things. 
But in there, there wasn't no phone calls, no, I'm just me. Sometimes we need to find something. We complain because we think what is happening is not fair. And you know what? It might not be fair. Come on. The Bible says God is just. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God's fair about everything. Now, God is just. He will. He responds to faith. He takes care of His kids, doesn't He? Was Jesus always treated right? And why do we complain? And listen, you're not Jesus, I'm not Jesus. We're not even pretending. But Jesus wasn't always treated right, and so don't think everybody's always going to treat you right. Well, they just, you know, they, that's not right. They should treat me better than that. Well, they probably should. But you only control you. Yeah. It's easy to feel sorry for yourself, isn't it? I'll raise my hand for everybody. Brother Hagin said this, Anytime you're feeling sorry for yourself, know that the devil is working. Yes. I heard him say that. And I went, ah, I don't like that. There's tons of people that are professional pity partiers. And we all can slip into that from time to time at least I think be careful about that well they don't appreciate me they don't appreciate me don't raise your hand but have you ever felt that my spouse bless God I'm going to get me one that really appreciates me the devil uses this in marriages Come on, he really uses this in marriages, I'm telling you. In families, even at the workplace, well, they just don't, my boss just does not appreciate me. They may not. But remember, you work for Jesus, right? And if you do right, and I'm not saying you have to keep that job forever, but if your boss won't appreciate you, well, eventually God will change that boss out, or he'll change you, or he'll change your location, he'll change something. He, he doesn't just expect you, well, I'm just a martyr for Jesus, and i got to stay here. And, no, no, that's not right. Let me just go a little bit further here. Even in church, a well, pastor doesn't appreciate me. Let me say this. I apologize if I have not ever appreciated you in a way that I should I'm human and I don't always do right. Even when you try, sometimes you come up short. But let me just say this, for the most part, those kind of thoughts are from the devil. It's not even true. We do, pastors do appreciate their people. I know there's some that they're, you know, they'll use people and throw them away, but most pastors aren't that way. Most pastors, they pastor because they genuinely care about people. You know, don't, don't just judge everybody that by the exception. Come on, are you with me? They don't appreciate me. Well, I took out the trash and they didn't say thank you or whatever. People get offended when we don't feel appreciated. Be careful about that. In your marriage, it's your job. That job you were so excited about six months ago, now you hate because you don't feel like they appreciate you. We complain because we think we deserve better or we deserve more. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I, they just don't treat me right, and I'm just so upset. Well, be careful the you owe me attitude. Be careful about that. Be careful. You know, God doesn't owe us anything either. God's already done everything, hasn't He? Our blessings from God are because God is good and gracious and merciful and loving. We don't earn stuff from God. We just step into the free gifts that He's given us. Right? Have you about had all you can stand about the complaining? Number one, I told you this is point number one. <laughs> Hallelujah. How about uh, we finish this one? Thankful people don't complain. I heard Keith Moore say this years ago, and, and it's just worked on me over the years so much. He said, faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. Doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. So, the Holy Spirit has brought that to me so many times to just say, okay, where are you at? Are you in faith? Are you in unbelief? And I'm like, all right. Thankful people don't complain, number one. Number two, these are both shorter. Say, praise the Lord. Thankful people don't compare. Be careful to compare. People are miserable because they compare. Understand this. There's always going to be someone who has a house bigger than you. Always. There's always going to be somebody who has a car that's faster than yours. Always. Praise the Lord. I was reading about the electric cars. I forget the name of the brand. They've only sold 1400 last year, but they, they cost $250,000, and they've got 1,234 horsepower. They'll go 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds. I said, I would take one of those. <laughs> they cost 250000 and they lose almost 450000 on every one they sell. That's a $700,000 car. But nobody will pay $700,000. And only 1,400 people even paid 250000 for it. There's always 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds. Are you kidding me? That, that's, like, that's like take your breath out. I'm like, that's about what I like. <laughs> if you're looking for a Christmas present for me, Hallelujah. <laughs> We're miserable because we compare. We compare. Don't compare. You've heard me say this before, some of you, in, in, in your life, you know, when we bake a cake. Okay, you get the eggs, you get the flour, you get the, you know, the chocolate or whatever you're putting in, or you get the mix. Even that takes some oil and some egg and some milk or whatever. And you get that, and you put it in a bowl, and you start to stir it. And then you look at somebody. We were watching a cake baking thing on, uh, it was a, a kid's cake baking thing with Iris. And they did cakes real big, and, and but then they all slid off and fell on the floor and all kinds of stuff. And Iris is laughing, oh, oh look, oh, look at the cake. She'd seen it before. She knew what was going to happen. <laughs> but we compare. We're still mixing up our cake and about to put it in the oven, and we see somebody that's the master cake decorator. They've studied it all of their life. And you look at their cake, and you go, 
Life is unfair. Come on, don't compare where you're at in your life with someone who's further along than you. Now we follow after and we learn and we press toward the mark, but don't say I'm a failure because their cake is wonderful and my cake is still getting mixed up. There's always going to be one of your friends on vacation somewhere that's posting on Facebook. Or they're always going to be at a restaurant fancier than you've been to. Don't compare. You know, billions of dollars are spent for you to be miserable about your life. They call that advertising. Well, if I only had that, if I could only go on that trip, everybody's going on, everybody's, and I'm not, and oh. And we're unthankful. Studies show, and Cindy and I talked about this, and we lived, we grew up in a smaller town, and you know, you walk down the cereal aisle, and there was four or five kinds of cereal maybe. Honestly, I like Tony the Tiger cereal. Frosted Flakes. I mean, who wouldn't like sugary cereal when you're a little kid? And so, you know, there was that and Cheerios and Wheaties and there was a handful. Now you go down, I mean, oh my goodness. There are so many choices. But people are more dissatisfied than ever before. Right? There's studies that prove it. Comparing can make you feel like you're not good enough. It can make you feel like you're a failure even. Dolly Parton. How about a Dolly Parton quote today? She said, I thank God for my failures. Maybe not at the time, but after some reflection. I never feel like a failure just because something I tried has failed. God sees us as learners, not failures. Don't compare. So number one, don't complain. Number two, don't compare. You'll be a lot happier if you quit complaining. You'll be a lot happier if you quit comparing. Number three, let's just wrap up here. Thankful people, don't forget. Don't forget the good stuff. Don't forget all the good things God's done. We choose to forget the bad. We don't hold things against people. We choose to forget the bad, but we choose to remember all of the good things. Come on, is that right? Don't forget. Don't forget your friends, all the things they've done for you, all the things they've, times they've helped you, your family, all the things they've done. Don't forget all the good things God has done in your life. It's easy if we don't watch it, and we're all human, to have a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mentality. Don't forget all the prayers that God's answered. Don't forget how faithful He's been. The times you thought you wouldn't make it through, but you did make it through. Now we do. We have a short memory of the people that treat us wrong. We, we forget that. But know this, people aren't disposable. And just because somebody says, you know, they may just be having a bad day. Hallelujah. Someone said, ingratitude denotes spiritual immaturity. Infants do not always appreciate what parents do for them. They have short memories. Their concern is not what you did for me yesterday, but what are you going to do for me today? The past is meaningless, and so is the future. They live for the present. 
Have you ever taken a child to the store, you know, and oh, I want this, I want this. And you go, okay, one thing and then that. And then you take them the next day and they're like, I want this. I'm like, wait a minute, we just bought you something yesterday. That was so long ago. <laughs> right? I want this now. I want it now. I want it oh, if you love me, you know. Be careful that we're not that way. That car you believe for, thank God you still have it. Thank God it's still running, you know, whatever. Now, we can believe. I, I'm not telling you don't believe for more and better, and, but be thankful for what we do have. Unthankful people have a short memory with their friends, their family, the boss. The Apostle Paul, you know, and, and uh, not everybody like Paul. And Paul, you know, he... He departed from a brother or two, but later on he said, I'm so thankful for them. They ministered to me. They helped me. The Apostle Paul needed people in his life, and he remembered to be thankful for them. You'll have good people in your life and more people in your life if you'll stay thankful for the people that are in your life. Marion Wright Edelman said, So often we dwell on the things that seem impossible rather on the things that are possible. So often we're depressed by what remains to be done and we forget to be thankful for all that has been done. We have a lot to be thankful for. Don't forget. Don't forget all that God's done. Let's uh, read our scripture again. Psalm 107 says, He spoke the word that healed you, that pulled you back from the brink of death. So thank God for His marvelous love. Thank God for His miracle mercy to the children He loves. Offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what He has done. Sing it out. So don't forget to be thankful. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. If we're not giving thanks, we're not doing the will of God. Say, what's the will of God? I, I need to know the will of God. Well, this is one thing, and this is one thing that will help you be in the will of God, and this is one thing that will help your marriage, it will help your business, it will help your relationships, it will help your attitude, it will help the way you look at your day every day. Be thankful. It is a choice. It pleases God. It enlarges our capacity to receive from God, and it makes us a lot better to be around be thankful be thankful if we're not giving thanks we're not doing the will of God William Arthur Ward let's close right here he said feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like a wrapping a present and not giving it now we'll talk about it in the days ahead in a week or two we need to be thankful don't wait till somebody's funeral to tell them how much they meant to you Don't wait till it's too late to say, oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for doing that. You know, uh, used to uh, men would open the door if they saw a lady coming or saw someone coming. And it's uh, and I still try to do that. Um, but it's interesting how many people just act so surprised. Because it's not that common anymore. And, and, and some people, they're, they're like, oh, well, thank you, wow. And other people, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, have you noticed that? Yeah. 
it says you will shine as as a star if you won't complain and you'll be thankful and put a smile on your face now if the church would just start doing that you and me we are the church you understand that do you think it would impact the world I do think it would Father, we are thankful. We're so thankful for the blood of Jesus. We're so thankful for your love. So thankful for your faithfulness. So thankful for your goodness to us. So thankful, Father God, for the people you put in our life. So thankful for heaven. So thankful that you care about us so much you count the hair on our head. Father God, we're so grateful. Forgive me for the times I've complained and compared forgotten how good you are forgotten how thankful I am for the people in my life forgive me Lord God help me Holy Spirit to do better when I complain Lord speak to me by your spirit remind me no that's not the way thank you Father God you're so good thank you that you made a way where all can have a relationship and fellowship with you Father through Jesus Today, I pray for those that might be listening here somehow, Lord God, that aren't walking closely with you. Maybe they're like the prodigal son. I pray today they would come home. Maybe they've never had a relationship with you. Today, I pray that you would draw them by your love. Lord, you love them so much. You care about them. You're not angry with them. You're for them and not against them. Lord, help me to find them. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's real simple. It's easy to become a child of God. He didn't make it hard. He said, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you dare to say it and say that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says you'll have a new heart. Be born of the Spirit. Be born again. Be a child of God. That you'll be in relationship with the Father. And that's just the beginning of a sweet walk that God wants to have with you. You know, God's all about family. That's why you're on planet Earth. God wants a big family. He wants you in that family. So everyone here believes what you're doing. If you're watching, listening on the podcast, just pray this out. And you know if you mean it. God knows if you mean it. But we're all going to pray and lead you. Just pray something like this. Say, God in heaven, I come in Jesus' name. And I believe with all my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That Jesus is alive and Jesus is Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. I will serve you all the days of my life. Fill me now, today and every day with your Holy Spirit. I'm yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name.